G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, here is something that may surprise you. The Bible is still on the banned book list in 52 countries around the world. Christians all around the world do not have their own copies of the Bible. It may be one of those misconceptions that you have about the ease of availability since we have ease of digital access to Bibles these days. Perhaps it's too hard to access or they don't have the Bible in their own language. Well, Jordan Scott is communications specialist working with Open Doors. Jordan, a special welcome along to 2020. Oh, thanks so much for having me and especially to talk about something as special as the Bible. I always love to chat about it. You know, when we hear 52 countries, uh, that's a quarter of the countries in the world. Uh, that's a pretty challenging number, isn't it, that just have bans on the Bible? Yeah, it was shocking to me as well. And actually um, doing some research uh, for Open Doors, especially as we produce the content uh, for this campaign in particular, I started to realize, I guess, some of the background to to my own Bible access in English and uh, and realized that the price that um, William Tyndale had to make in even securing a, a copy of the Bible in English. And um, I take an English version of the Bible for granted. Uh, but William Tyndale um, was actually put to death, burnt at the stake um, for translating the Bible into English. And, uh, you know, often I think in my mind, the, you know, Bible translation or people not having access felt quite remote. But just relating that to my own access of the Bible, um, to our access here in, uh, you know, in Australia, uh, made me realize that there's a price to having a copy of, of the Bible, um, that someone paid that price so that I could have the copy uh, a copy of the Bible in English, and that actually, um, if you know, if we don't pay a price now uh, for others, that they also won't have access. And um, just possessing the Bible in countries like Somalia or North Korea it can actually be a death sentence. It's not just that it's restricted; um, it's that actually possessing a copy of it or or related material uh, could be a death sentence. So yeah, it is a staggering number and um, something that uh, I definitely wanted to get educated on through the process. And you talk about Tyndale and being burned at the stake for having a copy of an English Bible, and that was not acceptable at the time. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it, in some of these countries where the blood of martyrs uh, is being shed in the passageway to having access to a Bible. Is that one way of looking at just some of the severity around what happens in some of these nations if you're caught with a Bible? Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, chatting with some believers in Egypt uh, when I was there last year, and I was chatting with um, one man who uh, follows Jesus in the country. And um, you know, it's the the restrictions and the persecution isn't quite as high in Egypt as it is in other countries. Uh, but yet, he was telling me that uh, that for him and for other Egyptian believers, 
they see martyrdom as as one of the potential calls on their life, that when they consider some are called to be teachers, some are called to be evangelists, and some are called to give their life. And so their life and their blood um, into the growth of the church in Egypt. And they see that as a as a calling um, that, that they could be called into at any time. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. People are willing to pay um, a staggering price simply for their faith in Jesus and, and for possessing that Bible and sharing the good news with, with other people. You know, when there are countries where the Bible and having one of those in your possession may actually result in a death sentence, uh, some listeners might be asking, and there might even be some Christian listeners who actually really love and appreciate the Bible, but don't appreciate the value that it has for the transformation of a nation. They might even be saying, why do people in these nations even want a Bible? Why don't they just put up with, you know, the sort of regime that is in control and, you know, live a life peacefully rather than have the Bible? What do you say to people about the passion that people have, the desperation to actually get a hold of a Bible when they're not allowed to have one? Well, it's a great question. I think the Bible does two profound things for believers when they finally receive one. Uh, the first is that it acquaints them with the the God that they have encountered, either through friendship and relationship with other people or through dreams and visions uh, in the miraculous ways that people can encounter God. Um, they learn what that God is like. Um, they learn that he is the kind of God that would send his son because he loves them and would give himself up for them. Um, they learn that he's, um, he's uh, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So actually the, the Bible is the way that they become acquainted with the God that they they have met. Um, and and the second thing that it does is that it contextualizes their persecution. Uh, when they open the Bible, they read stories of persecuted believers, uh, Jesus, who himself was persecuted, all of the apostles after him uh, who were persecuted for their faith. Um, the whole New Testament is packed full with persecution, um, even the Old Testament and the persecution of uh, of the Jewish people. So um, I think what, what it does is it contextualizes their suffering in the greater story of God uh, and reminds them that uh, the real victory is, is, in, is in the life to come and that they can actually um, glory in their suffering now uh, because um, in their suffering, they are they're made like Jesus as they await eternity with him so um yeah becoming becoming acquainted with God and finding their big their, their part in the bigger picture I think are the two critical things or two of the many critical things that the, the Bible does um for for believers around the world Jordan when we say the Bible is often hard to access and it might be in any of those 52 countries where it's banned so hard to access, sometimes for particularly younger Christian believers, uh, understanding just how tough it is because they might be thinking, well, everyone's got access to the internet, don't they? Can't you just download a digital Bible and you've got it on your mobile device? That's the way we enjoy that. But how do you think that works when you've got a particularly dangerous and uh, even violent regime in charge? Uh, is there? How do you see that? 
Yeah, it is true. It can be hard without um, access digitally to to comprehend that people wouldn't have that same access. Um, but problems and hurdles like illiteracy and access to electricity make uh, Bible distribution challenging, uh, especially in today's day and age. Uh, so something that Open Doors uh, does through its local partners around the world is distribute uh, solar-powered digital Bibles. So these are either auditory Bibles, so people can hear the Bible spoken in their own language, uh, or um, uh, a, a digital Bible that they can read, uh, which also has other Christian material on it, maybe even songs too, and it's solar-powered. So uh, it surmounts the problems of uh, uh, illiteracy by being an audible um, uh, function, or it's and it's solar-powered, which means that communities without access to electricity can still um, keep access to this device. So um, we're always trying to be creative with our uh, with our Bible distribution. Um, and sometimes just uh, smuggling or distributing hard copy Bibles isn't going to work. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an ever-evolving process. Uh, so those solar-powered audio Bibles have a really, really powerful place to play uh, because they can be played to a group and it's a little bit like having you know a speaker on hand and instantly the Bible available for people meeting in a small group without actually having a book that draws attention to having a Bible that you might actually be losing your life for uh, in, a, in, a, in some of these nations. Hey, let me ask you about the Bible because in its... In its very presence, even without even opening it, there's the presence of hope, especially as you indicated, when people have had an encounter with Christ and they're in the presence of a Bible. Uh, I don't want to get too spooky or anything here, but how do you see that there's something special about having the Bible present when you know Christ? Absolutely. Uh, You know, the Hebrew says the Word of God is alive and active. And that just couldn't be more true. And I think something that the persecuted church and believers have shown me is that um, when you know him, then when you receive a Bible, the Bible comes to life. It's more than just literature. It's more than just words on a page. It's actually the word of God that you can know, um, the word of God, which is a man, Jesus, and someone that uh, is someone that you can know and encounter. And, um, you know, God himself grabs you by the hand and walks you through the pages um, and makes certain things alive to you. And I think every listener um, who has uh, you know, become acquainted with the Bible in some way has seen that there will be times you've read a particular passage over and over again, and then for some reason you read it and it just becomes alive and it hits your heart and, um, you know, it, it, it turns into color for you. Um, and I think that's, that's what believers experience all over the world, that uh, the Bible is more than just words on a page. It's, it's a man, Jesus. And, um, and, and it's actually, you know, through knowing him that we, um, that we, yeah, get, get to know this kingdom that we're a part of. We get to know um, the, 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 the new systems that we, we work within and it puts persecution and suffering in its place as something that's um, devastating, but also something that's temporary in light of eternity. So Christians are passionate about getting the Bible into the hands of people who don't have one, uh, whether they are in a nation where there's extreme persecution or whether there might be poverty to be overcome. So getting the Bible into people's hands, there used to be a thing that people did a lot of, and that was smuggling Bibles. Is the day of Bible smuggling over? 
Definitely not. I was just reading a um, I was just reading a, a story of one of our local partners in Myanmar who was filling up his uh, um, his backpack full of these audio bibles and jumping on his motorbike and traveling uh, for days, three days to remote communities to distribute bibles. Uh, his name's Cho, and so um, definitely not bible smuggling um, is still uh, what we call it bible couriering. We carry it on our bodies and and go into remote areas or restricted areas, and we bring bibles. Uh, w- with us on our bodies, and that's um, that's one way that we distribute Bibles, um, and and yeah, we still will for some time because um, you know ease of trade isn't isn't easy in in a lot of these countries that we we want to serve. So yeah, Bible smuggling's alive and well. <laughs> well, uh, listeners who want to do some Bible smuggling, no doubt every now and then there'll be some special tours that you might have going, uh, but in the meantime, you've got an opportunity for listeners to our conversation today to actually donate a Bible. Uh, So at opendoors.org.au, when people find that link, donate a Bible, how many do you need? How much do they cost, Jordan? Yeah, each Bible um, costs $20. So $20 could deliver a Bible uh, all over the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we're raising as, as much as we can to get as many Bibles into the hands of believers as we can. As you mentioned, uh, you know, there are 52 countries where getting your hands on a Bible is incredibly difficult. And so, uh, we want to bridge that gap, um, uh, either through translating the Bible uh, or, you know, f- through sharing these audio Bibles, um, through going to remote communities, um, going into restricted countries across borders, um, you know, packing our, our jumpers and, and coats and suitcases full of Bibles, whatever it looks like. So, um, yeah, if listeners want to want to jump in and join us, um, you can give uh, as many Bibles as you can um, on uh, at opendoors.org.au and, uh, and help us spread the word, the word of God around the world. Well, Jordan Scott is a communications specialist with Open Doors to be a part of that campaign to finance Bibles into the hands of people in those 52 countries around the world that do not have access to a Bible because the Bible is banned, Uh, you can have an opportunity here to be an amazing blessing to a person or to a family uh, behind those borders. Here's that address, opendoors.org.au, opendoors.org.au to donate a Bible. Jordan Scott, Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.